0: Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chan Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise, joints. Oh. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners.
1: We, uh, we convinced with help of Dave Greg Ganyu to call back in. AWA star, longtime friend of Ric Flair. He'll call in to tell Ric Flair stories in about an hour and a half at 10.15, but last night was kind of a buzzkill, Judd. We should talk about
0: it. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Stewart can't get out. A shot from a sharp angle by Levo. Big scramble in front of the goal, and it is pushed to the wing but not out. A long shot by Carrick, scores!
2: You got to build on things. There's uh, the game the other night. Then you can get down and because you know you know you didn't give your your best effort. Tonight I thought we gave a really good effort and we did. You know I mean, and I don't like to. I don't think you heard me once talk about puck luck last year, but I mean I think sometimes that's that's where it is. I mean, well, Cullen misses at one end, they score at the other end, or we're probably going into the third period with a two to one lead.
0: We played a lot
2: better, you know. I mean, uh, it's unfortunate we didn't get the result we wanted, but I thought we played a pretty complete game for the most part. You know, uh, we haven't done chances, but uh, I would suggest that they didn't have more than five, maybe the whole night. All right, Wolves
1: lose, Wild lose. We all Everybody stayed up lost. probably too late. Uh, we'll start here. The, the floor is yours. Go ahead. All
3: right. Um, <laughs> I, I like boots, <laughs> I really do. Three deep sighs before. I like was Bruce. Broken. No, I I really like him. I think it was a good hire. I think he's a good coach. All right, but but my God, can we stop celebrating losses in hockey? Hockey is the only sport where we celebrate a loss. Well, they have a they have a column in the standings for I'm, a moral victory, which drives me crazy as well. I mean, I, I'm which the Wild have two of them. Yes, there's no which which are losses. There's no defense of that column, and there's no defense of, well, I haven't done chances yet, but when we do chances, man, we played, a, we came back and played a great game. And he's doing it because he rightfully so dumped on them after the Boston loss, which was a terrible game, and then he practiced them really hard on um, what would have been Tuesday, and then on Wednesday they come back and they play better, but we celebrate that. It drives me crazy. Last night's not about puck luck, okay? And, and I will not, I will say this word once to set this up and I will be done with this word. Effort. All right. It's not about effort. It's not about puck luck. You're in last place in the central division. You're now 0-2 on this trip. You are falling back quickly. Look at the games played now. This is no longer the Wilds played seven games and everyone else has played 15, and this is blatantly unfair. You are now basically at about the same number of games as everybody else. You are in last place. Toronto last night, Toronto, it looks like a hot mess right now. Their best player, Austin Matthews, did not play last night. Here's what this was about. It's very, very simple. Well, Toronto one of the best teams in the in the league right now, right? But Toronto, like Toronto got off to Toronto got off to a really good start and has re- regressed. But okay. if you watch them last night, they didn't play that well. But this is what last night is about. Goal number one. Another. Fluky Dubnickel. Oh, wow, man. He's having some bad luck. Lo- when are we going to get done with this? The man allows fluky goals so consistently. And last night, that shot, which was high stick, but that's fine, went off the end boards and went off his skate and in. That's not a fluke. That's bad goaltending at some point. All right? Olafson tipped a puck in his own net last night. And, and by the way, by the way, I can't stop myself now thank you to Tom chorsky honest to God our buddy chorsky was the only guy with the guts on Fox Sports North last night to say that Olofsson's positioning was really not good and you shouldn't be tipping the puck in your own net
1: did you see the the uh, the tweet after the game from our friends at FSN no I'm paraphrasing it? it uh wild display much better effort yes
3: <laughs> yes yes I did
1: and, like when I always go back to the like the twins got shut out nine to nothing yes. by Felix Hernandez about seven years ago but the top, hey, coming up next, Jason Kubel, two hits, stays hot. And they, <laughs> like come they, on, they did You the, can tell it like it is to some degree, right? Uh, but come on, on,
3: on Monday night, Jim Pete tells it like it is. Yes, Jim Pete does a fantastic job on Monday night during the Wild Bruins game. The first person to really criticize the Wild and take them to task for what was a horse bleep game was Bruce Boudreau on FSN on his post game press conference. It's ridiculous, but anyway, I'm tired of effort. I'm tired of puck luck. You're in last place. You deserve to be in last place. And if you want to look at the reasons why you lost last night, go back and watch that game and let's stop talking about shots and attempts.
1: Um, I, 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 I'm still curious as to when we just decide that, hey, it's been a good five-year run. Your star player is maybe never going to be the same and he's recovering from surgery. And he, just, he didn't cash in during the five-year window that you were supposed to. Like. That's how I look at this season, so I'm not going to get worked up anywhere near as much as you are until you figure that out. I don't know. like You're still you're still talking about this team and passionate as if they should be number one in the West. They're not. The window was wide open last year. Mm-hmm. It's no longer as wide open. But I will add this to your rant, okay? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling you on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to call out five players by name right now. Five players by name. You're not getting this. On the pre and post game show on Fox Sports North. Great We're eff- going to give it to it you right a now.
3: <laughs> great effort last night, Phil. I don't know what you're talking with a little more Devin, puck luck. Devin Dubnik.
1: Yeah. 38 goalies this season have a better save percentage than Devin Dubnik. Yeah. Now, save percentage isn't the be all end all. I get it. There's other components that go into it, quality of shot. But that 38 goalie number includes several backups. So if your formula. Is great goaltending and and limit opposing uh, teams from scoring and then win these games like 2 to 1 3 to 2 you're not gonna win 6 to 4 every night uh, then Devin Dubnik has to be better than 39th in save percentage Mikhail Granlund I get that he missed some games but a like stay durable and B we're 1 of the way through the season you have one goal you're in your prime it's time to wake up one goal we're we're, we're 20% of the way through this season and Zach Parisi ain't coming back anytime soon. This is your team. How about more than one goal as we emerge into the middle of November, for God's sakes? Matt Dumba. Let's go to him for a second. Offensive defenseman, right? Like, he's going to have some space brain plays defensively. He's not going to be uh, Ryan Suter. Yeah, can provide something. But, like, he might be able to give you a spark offensively, and that's why you want that big slap shot, right? Yeah. Bust out the howitzer and let him have it. He has no goals. Yes. He has no goals this season. Yeah. No, I get that, like, and he's been mostly very durable. few defensemen are going to be 15, 20, 25 goals. That's not necessarily the role. But can I get one goal well, for the first
3: 15 games of the season? And more importantly, he's played stupid. I mean, last night at the end of the first period, again, right. at, at his blue line, he turned, or at the Maple Leafs blue line, he turned over the puck and they got a scoring chance. Right,
1: uh, Nino Niederreiter. I know he's been injured. He's only played, like, half the game so far. But he was out there last night. Nino Niederreiter. One fifth of the way through the season has three points. Three points. Three points. Now he did miss some time, too. Okay, but like, okay, he's played eight games. How about how about pick up the torch and take a step up? And one more guy here. Yep. And you might, uh, you might bristle at this one, but Jonas Brodeen. You're 24 Noah, years old now. He actually has not been good. You're 24 years old. Yeah. You're not 19, 20, oh, at some point, oh, someday. No, you're in your hockey prime at 24 right now. Yep. He's been on the ice for almost 300 minutes this season. Yep, and has
3: zero assists. Yeah, and Zero assists, like, set somebody up. The last time I, I looked, his course, he was absolutely off the charts bad too. So his possession's bad. His possession's been bad, So, yeah.
1: like, you've been on the ice for yeah. 300 minutes but you and know have what? not set up you know one what? opponent, not even a hockey assist, I love not what even you like just, a Plinko hockey assist. I love what
3: you just where brought. Where you can
1: pass it eight
3: times I, and still get the assist. I lo- not even one of those! I love what you just brought. But let's be honest. At least my frustration comes from one thing. Honest to God. Drinking? Fox Sports North, you've got to stop. You've got to stop. <laughs> Phil, you said it yourself. Yeah. Jim Jim Pete, when the Wolves go south in the third quarter last night, Jim Pete, he does not rip them. These are horrible shots. He, he constructively kept, yeah. tells us yeah. what they're doing wrong. Honest to God. Let's be honest LaPanta it's okay to be honest. and Greenley, You've got to start telling me what's going on here. And listen, this team is very well regressing. You might you're probably right. You're probably exactly right. But if I have to hear one more sugar-coated, candy-coated hockey broadcast telling me that chances, and the Wild's doing this, when the head coach is the only person on your network who will rip the damn team, come
0: on. Ding, ding. Step the trailer. Perfect. And he tops it. it in the three. Nick Young for three. Yes, sir! Have McCall catch and shoot three. three Let's play got to give them credit but I also thought uh, we we hurt ourselves so third quarter was not our best we'll take a good look at it and break it down and see where we can make our improvements we played pretty good in the first half we didn't close out the first quarter well we didn't close out the second quarter well but overall we we did okay and to beat a team like this you have to play for 48 minutes and so we didn't do that and then the first five of the third you know uh, we we didn't play the way we needed to play. All right, so I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna go easy
1: a little bit on the Wolves because they did get hot. They were seven and three. They're on the road, national TV against maybe one of the greatest teams of all time, even without Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat predictable outcome because we said this on the show yesterday. If the Warriors decide to hit the gas pedal mm-hmm. and all the factors were in play last night, well, it's on ESPN. So more people are going to be watching. Mm -hmm. It's a tough Western Conference team, an up-and-coming Western Conference team that might be there in the end, you know, just in terms of, like, fighting for playoff seating. I mean, I think there's going to be a considerable gap between the Warriors and the Wolves. But, you know, if you're the Warriors and you're looking, oh, they're tied with us right now, let's show them that we are the big dogs who've been around for a few years here. Um, My biggest pet peeve, though, about – Last night wasn't necessarily on the court. I have, I have questions about like why doesn't Jimmy Butler do more offensively? And uh, there's some things that like the third quarter they gave up 44 yeah, points. But third when people say, "Well, oh, they the Warriors without Kevin Durant," mm-hmm. oh my gosh! Like it, the, the Wolves got beat by 25, and the Warriors didn't even have Kevin Durant. Okay, how quickly we forget the Warriors without Kevin Durant set the NBA regular season wins record a couple years ago. Without Kevin Durant, they're 14-0 in their last 14 games when he's been on the sidelines. And they have a title and also went to a Game 7 of an NBA Finals against the Cavs without Kevin Durant. So last night was one of those reality checks where even though they didn't have Kevin Durant, they're still one of the greatest teams of all time when they want to hit the gas pedal. They hit the gas pedal, so I don't know. Not much to see. In if, the, my
3: mind. if if the wolves were going to have a chance if to have a chance so i'm not saying to win but if they were going to give themselves a chance to win that, that game uh the first quarter last night was the absolute key cuz golden state came out and played poorly and gave you an opportunity and you were tied at what 22 all after 1 i believe the wolves uh in the opening quarter were 0 for 8 on three pointers oh, They at one point I, I think couldn't we're, make they were like 0 for 12 or something yes, on three yes it was really bad you
1: know that is you know when the the thing is like when the wolves get hot they're not a great three they can get hot from three b B-Elites has been the best three point shooter in the league so far yep. through the first month or so but you know when the wolves get hot it's like those mid-range jumpers still it's two pointers When the Warriors get hot, they hit eight threes out of ten and they create separation. Like the the Warriors are hitting threes in the third quarter. Yeah. And the Wolves are punching back a little, but it was jumper by Crawford, Taj Gibson from five feet. It's a test. Cat at the rim. You're not going to be able to you're going to have to shoot some three-pointers and knock them down. You can't go 0 for 12 to start the game.
3: It's a testament to Golden State's ability that uh that there was one point I believe in the second quarter when Curry came down and took a took a long two and I said, "What's he doing? Why is he taking a long two? That should be a three. But listen, the Pistons lost and the Pacers lost. Those two were embarrassing. They were really bad last night. I wasn't surprised a bit. Yeah.
1: I, you know, they, the one thing is Jimmy Butler, he's not taking a lot of shots. He doesn't – he hasn't – he's either in full Mike Miller distribution mode. Remember when Mike Miller came here yeah, 10 years ago I don't think and like, that's didn't it. shoot?
3: I don't think that's
1: it. And he's been okay, but he hasn't been the Jimmy Butler we've seen with the Bulls. And I think he's still trying to – I think his goal early in the season has been, I'm going to get Cat going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed Wiggins' confidence – I'm going to get everyone else going, and then I'm going to settle in like 10, 12 games in the season, fit whatever he's it might to
3: Yeah, and it could I be that as well. I just struggling. But, but as far as their defeats go, that last night, not surprising, not embarrassing. It just is. I mean, you're going... This team, given where they're at, is going to have games like that, and we can get as upset as we want on Twitter, and we can rip people as much as we want, but in the evolution of this team, that's yeah. not surprising. But my wild. Now that's, that's a different I mean, story. Honestly,
1: on the wild front, so no Zach Parise. it's it's a it's a totally it's not the same five year chunk. I'm almost in prove your relevant mode. Well I'm kind of in prove your relevant mode. Go for basketball's about to start. The wolves are interesting. I not you got twins off season, I don't disagree Vikings with that. prove
3: your relevant. But but here here's where last night starts to me. There is that is the type of game where you played well enough that Devin Dubnik Win a game. Win a game. Stop most of these shots. I mean. We should play a game
1: called, does this goalie have win a, game. a better save percentage than Dubnik? Or am I making this name up from somewhere in Eastern I Europe? I like it. Uh, we'll, we'll schedule that in for later. Let's get Chip in here next. Vikings discussion. Uh, P.J. Fleck. We should dig those uh, comments back up from a couple days ago. P.J. Fleck on critics. Get your thoughts on that. Mostly P.J. Fleck on Patrick Ricey. <laughs> if we could just replace critics with Patrick Ricey throughout the whole thing uh, Mackie and Judd, Mackie and Judd are back.
2: Put down the sports page and listen on
1: 1500
0: ESPN.
1: I'm excited for, for Teddy. I mean, that's, uh,
2: you know, I mean, like, like I said before, I've had a knee injury before and, uh, being able to come back and get back out there. Uh, it's a big deal. He's a great asset and, uh, somebody that I definitely, uh, I definitely listen to when, uh, when he's got some advice, I want to do what's best for this team. Um, whatever that is, um, you know, I feel confident in how I'm playing. I feel confident in the guys. I feel confident
1: in the offense. All right, that's Case Keenum, current Viking starting quarterback, Chip Scoggins,
0: starts yeah. immune. Da, 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 da. And yeah. it sounds da, da, like da, da, Teddy's going to be
1: the backup and active on game day this weekend. So yep. uh, over under on how many incomplete passes sailed over <laughs> the head of Adam Thielen until, <laughs> until uh, Teddy Bridgewater, well, I was going to say chance, but it's on the road, yeah, so the, uh, probably won't be any chance. The
2: first incomplete pass Twitter's going to light up with, <laughs>
3: put him in, put Teddy in, it's Teddy's time, this is ridiculous. Okay. Let's get for the free Teddy hashtag trending on <laughs> Sunday. Can you imagine if he has, if Case Keenum repeats his first half that, yeah. that he had against the Browns on Sunday, yeah, it's you gonna are going to have exactly. a and lot and of he's people. Had, he's had a couple of those, right, where he started really
2: poor Baltimore and then too. he just kind of pulls himself together. Yes.
1: You know, I, I read something really interesting about you know, the Teddy Bridgewater return, which is inevitable. It's either going to happen on yeah. Sunday or like at some point in the next month it's going to happen. Uh, but Arif Hassan wrote something yesterday, uh, Vikings blogger. He wrote some stuff for us last year. And he had a conversation with Kian Fahey, who is is a pre quarterback, kind of a, a guru. And, and those guys were just talking about how long it took other quarterbacks, including Sam Bradford, when he had... One of his ACL injuries, might have been the second one, coming back from... Sometimes it takes, coming back from that knee injury, like 7, eight, ten games before yeah. a quarterback is really back in the flow. That It might be pretty bad for 5 or 10 games. Yeah, And that's the interesting thing here. Bridgewater's a free agent, so you've got the long-term, you're trying to figure out the long-term. But short-term, if it's going to take him like 7, eight, ten games, well, you don't have yeah, that. No. So, you know, if... At some point, I think Bridgewater is going to be, if he stays healthy, better than Case Keenum has been for you this season. It might not happen in November or December, but I think you have to try. Yeah. So it's it's kind of complicated.
2: Well, it is complicated, and and you're talking about he hasn't played in a game in how many months? I mean, fourteen, th- right? There's going to be. I mean, the speed of the game. I'm, I imagine when he gets in there, it's going to feel like it's warp speed, right? Because you just haven't, mm-hmm. you, you know. And that's what uh, you, you talk to any athletes anytime they come back from. Uh, a long layoff from injury—that's the first thing they said. Boy, getting back up to speed—it just seems like everything was happening super fast. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely, you would think that there'd be rust. He's got to get back, you know, his timing, and that's not going to happen in one game. And so, but here's a team that's six and two, and all of a sudden you're looking around—it's like, hey, we're starting to jockey for home field advantage, maybe um, playoffs, that type of thing. So you're right; they don't have the time to like. Well, let's just let. Teddy kind of ease himself into this. And so I, I think they're, I wrote this column there, Dan, and I, I think other people have agreed. I think they're doing it the right way. You know, stick with Keenum until he tells you he makes the decision for you. And it's going to be obvious. <laughs> Come on, Chip, say it. Hey, hey. Is this go, how they make the Keenum, switch. They play
1: Keenum, Keenum's Don't first incompletion instead of instead of the offensive coordinator Pat Schirmer in his headphones, it's just that song.
2: <laughs> now they do it at home and this the music starts playing in US Bank Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> everybody I'll starts singing. He's coming in, hey, <laughs> Um you're, you're right. I think it's gonna happen eventually. And if it doesn't, hey, You're in a good spot too because that means
3: Keenum's playing well and you're still winning. How far do you think, uh, if they stick with Case, how far do you think he could get them? Well, it's like assuming a playoff berth. Yeah. How far into the playoffs would you think? I mean, could could
2: it get to the Super Bowl?
3: Boy, you would need a lights out performance from
2: your defense. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of great teams, but I watched Philadelphia and they look pretty darn good. I mean, yeah. they look like the complete package right now. And so...
1: Dude, the Rams are 4-0 on the road. I know. And they're averaging 40 points on the road. With a, and their coach is like 31. 31, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Um,
2: so, you know, is he going to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I I had my doubts because, you know, he, I mean, he, he has those stretches where you're like, boof, he's a backup. <laughs> but, but then he plays well at times, too. And, and, he's, and it's not like he's just managed. He's made important throws. He's made, you know... Uh, winning throws. so, but I think you would need your defense to be a lot like Denver's defense was mm-hmm. a couple years ago where they basically win it um if you if you're gonna go that far. but um, you know, maybe maybe with the with uh, the system that Pat Shermer's given him and that's gonna help make him better than he's been in his career. He also could regress here anytime because the schedule's gonna get tougher, and then if that happens, I think it's easy switch, then You just go to Teddy. And 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 if if Teddy gets in there and it's not working and you just say you know what this is he's not ready right you you feel comfortable going back to Keenum because I, I get the sense just being around him uh, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to pout if they
1: if they go to Teddy and then no. have to come back to I mean I, I think he's going to gonna be when he, he says this it, it doesn't it seem believable when he says this I want to do what's best for this team um, whatever that is. Um, you know, I feel confident in how I'm playing. I feel confident in the guys. I feel confident in the offense. You know, like I think, you know. I,
2: yeah, I, I think it's genuine. And and you know, some quarterbacks, some quarterbacks might be pout or say, "Well, they didn't like me the first time." I think. If they went to Teddy, yeah, and it didn't work, and he came back and said, "Case, we need you. You know, you're going to be our guy." I think he'd be completely fine with it. And just hey, let's go.
3: I think that the dynamic would be the only way that Case might start to pout here would be if he had signed a three year contract, and he's yeah. like, "Now I'm stuck here as a backup long term." But he's not. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he's played well enough that no matter what transpires from here on out, he knows that that he's going to hit the market in March, and someone's going to pay him. Probably. I, I mean, they they won't pay him starter salary, but they're going to pay him. So I think I think today's athlete would be much more likely to pout about the fact of I shouldn't have signed a three year contract as opposed to well now I'm the backup again and then I might start yeah I think that's fine actually and you know, not that Case is thinking this
1: but his value if he didn't play another snap the rest of the season his value is pro- is probably at its peak right I mean probably, the problem with Judd he's not he ain't gonna up. make a fifteen to twenty million dollar a year contract but, but I more think than he's making now he'd make you know, Matt Castle made three or four million dollars a year as a backup here mm-hmm. uh, in Teddy Bridgewater's first year. I could see him making several million dollars as a backup to a young quarterback. The the other question is if Bridgewater comes in at some point and plays fairly well, but like there's still some questions and kinda like after the two thousand fifteen season. Not much better
2: than what Keenan's playing. Yeah.
1: What and he's a free agent. How much do you have to pay him with four or five desperate quarterback, <clears throat> desperate teams around the league? Are you gonna get because there's no middle middle class? In terms of quarterback salaries, are you going to wind up paying like fifteen million dollars or more for whoever's your starting quarterback next
2: season? I, that's your conundrum. I don't know, right? I don't know. And we know, you know, how they feel about him internally and, and the affection they have for him. But this is a business decision too, and and that's the
3: great conundrum. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know it, how they'll approach it. It's going to be a process, right? I mean, he's not he's not going to come back and be great. I think I think he could mature into a very good quarterback um but that's the difficulty of this decision Mm -hmm. is okay do you do you say well you know that knee might might never be the same and therefore we're going to allow him to walk or do you say my god what if in a year and a half now that knee is completely recovered and we just jettisoned what was a franchise quarterback who by the way we took in the first round
2: yeah and and I think the one thing that does help it is you're pretty much removing Sam Bradford from the conversation because that's you know that's you, you had that factor going into it. it. was like, wow, is it going to be Bradford? Is going to be – well, now you, you know you're not going to have to um, put Bradford in there. But, we well, yeah, with Teddy, I, I think it's – you know, there's still a lot that's going to play out here in the next eight weeks or whatever. I think they're going to have – right now it seems like a, a big unknown, but in eight weeks it might not be that big of unknown. You're going to have more information to kind of,
1: you know, consider and, and look at. Yeah. Um, is there anything that – is there anything that makes you pause looking at the Vikings, uh, the schedule the rest of the way or the NFC landscape that makes you pause in terms of their their playoff possibility? Like, do you think they're a lock at this point for the playoffs? Chip?
2: Well, like Detroit's
1: got a weak schedule.
2: Detroit has a very weak schedule and, and a good quarterback um, when you're playing four or five on the road. I mean, that's always tricky, but <clears throat> I will say this. I don't think their defense is going to go away and their defense is going to keep them in every game. And so you're going to have a shot to win a lot of these close games because I don't think the defense is going to go out and give up 30 points. I just think they're at a you know a really high level right now. And so that if their defense was if there's some question marks over there, I would I would probably be a little more nervous. But the way their defense is playing and the way their offensive line is playing, mm-hmm. although they're a little beat up now, but it, it, you know if they're healthy and they're a lot better. You know, I I would still pick them
1: to win the division. Yeah, they've only allowed more than nineteen points in one game, and it was yeah. the uh, the twenty six to was it seventeen loss against the Steelers, Steelers on the road early in the season. So you know that the, and that ties in your quarterback. It's it, it, when your quarterback only has to lead the offense to seventeen to twenty points to to be in it at the end of the fourth quarter to Absolutely. win the game. Yeah, then you don't need a very high bar set for right. uh for for a Case Keenum or a Teddy Bridgewater
2: in the in the regular season.
3: Now, but but that's but that's my point is is do you trust Keenum in the playoffs? And my answer is not to win multiple games. Yeah, and I I don't know if the Teddy can either. But I'd rather give that one a shot. Well,
2: not. But you don't know what Teddy is. But that's why you need to find out what Teddy is before the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't. This is the whole sticky. (laughs) This is the whole sticky thing. I know. I I understand that. You want to see where he's at, but um, until Keenum gives you reason to do it, I don't think you you make the switch. Keenan eventually will, will. I'm confident he will.
3: Oh, I, I don't. I don't. And by confident, I mean I'm not confident. In
2: him. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't doubt that at some point he's going to struggle when you go to Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater will play, but you just don't make that switch until yeah. you have to.
1: Uh, can we play you some PJ Fleck comments yeah. to get your reaction when we yeah. come back? Chip Scoggins hanging out from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. It's Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad.
0: They don't fool around. That's why people trust them. I know. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You know, you're always going to have criticism, okay? Uh, when you have a year like this or even back at 1-11, criticism was running rapid, right? When we were 11-0 going to be 12-0, criticism was incredibly high too because if you don't win the game, it's a bust. It's a waste, w- wasted year. Had a chance to win a championship, we are 12-0 going into the championship game, and we're still being criticized. I think people who really want to be negative will always be negative.
1: Yeah, uh, I would
2: I, and I like Fleck, but I would want to see how much criticism you're getting when you're twelve and zero. I mean, are they really getting ripped at twelve? I
1: oh, just love the straw man, you know, the the one <laughs> like the, really the one guy. Let's play that's, it that's one harsh more. media. There, this is PJ Fleck from a couple days ago on uh, on critics, and you know the Gophers are four and five. They need. Probably, although there's been a couple five and seven teams go to crappy. If they get to five,
2: they're probably going to get in because of the there's not enough teams that qualify.
1: So they got Nebraska at home this weekend. I mean, they're favored, right? The Gophers are favored. Are they really favored? favored? Yeah, yeah. Nebraska is awful, dude.
3: Are they really I favorites? They, I Someone they, told me that earlier in the week. That they are. Nebraska is god awful. They're terrible. Well, but they're
1: not. <laughs> Nebraska is three and three in oh, conference. They're... and four and five overall. So
3: <laughs> two and a half point favorites. Wow, it's
1: amazing. Uh, they have Northwestern still. That's a road game, and Northwestern's a formidable team. And then Wisconsin. But anyways, this is uh, more PJ Fleck.
0: And coaches, uh, you know, they make the salaries they make. People expect us to win, and expect us to deliver, especially at a place where we haven't had championships in so long. And I get it, and I understand it. and I, I, understand, I listen, and I hear, and I have it all. Uh, I, I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't take me off my course. Uh, it doesn't frustrate me. But I think that as people go, they'll start to see the big picture. They'll start to see the reason why we took the job. They'll start to see the, the winning and recruiting. They'll start to feel the difference in how this program develops. But uh, when you don't have a result right away, it's hard for people that are result-oriented result to jump right in and say, I'm in. They don't. They don't understand the process of that happening. With all due respect, you know,
1: Chip, I, I said this to Judd on our show yesterday. I, I think it's really easy to sit, especially with boisterous PJ Fleck, and mm-hmm. now they're losing a bunch of games in this first season. It's really easy to just sit and lob grenades, mm-hmm. like people did in Richard Petino's third year. Oh, let's just. Oh, yeah. It's just your last name is the only reason why. Without looking a little bit deeper or thinking more critically about the program, um, the Gophers haven't been. Highly successful in like 50 years. And so to expect anyone to come in and snap your fingers, uh, and I know the argument would be, well, can't they at least get back to eight or nine wins like Tracy Clays and Jerry Kill? I think if you give this thing time, I think based on his track record of success at Western Michigan, based on how he recruits like a madman, um, he has principles and pillars. He'll bench you even if you're a starting player, a starting quarterback, a starting safety, if you're not following the team rules of the process. Um, I think he understands marketing and recruiting in 2017. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to all come to the surface right now. Like, that's my evaluation of it. Yeah,
2: there's this is a pretty uh, in-depth discussion when you talk about kind of where they're at. There's a lot of things at play. And you, one thing you mentioned, the uh, discipline. You know, Donnell Green threw a punch and, like an idiot, hit, punched a kid in the head the other day. Mm-hmm. Got ejected. He's eligible to play Saturday, but I think Flex is probably going to keep him out. That's you know, the suggestions he's given that that you know he he might have to be punished this weekend. So that's you you like that, you know he he after the game he was livid. He said that's we're not tolerating that, and he's going to hold the
1: you know that player accountable. They're not doing like two dumb targeting penalties every game no, like the Tracy Clay's team. They last are year. one
2: of the last year. They were one of the most penalized team in college football. I haven't checked uh, last couple of weeks, but uh, I asked Flack like, about. I think it's two weeks ago. They were like third. They were one of the least penalized teams in college football. Um, I think a lot of people just look at, well, this team won nine games last year, and you switch coaches. So obviously, you got to win 10 games. You know, it's like you, you have to look at this, the personnel that were coming back. And, you know, they had major, major losses either through graduation, suspension, expulsion, injury on defense, that, and, the quarterback situation. I mean, this is not a winning formula at quarterback. It's just not. And wide receiver, I said if you watch from above in the press box, you can see their wide receivers do not get open. They don't. They're not fast enough. They don't run good enough routes. And that's why you see Demi Croft sitting in the pocket just popping the ball, waiting for, you know, the the, the guys to come They're not getting open. And so they're just not good enough. Now, in saying that, that Purdue loss is bad. You got to win that game. I mean that that's When you get
1: four turnovers in the first half... You
2: have to win that game. Yeah. And you're winning with a minute and a half to go. You have to win that game. That's a bad loss. I'm sorry. And so that's frustrating. The Maryland one, I just didn't feel like they were ready to go. That's on the head coach. I mean, Maryland's not a great team, and you're at home. You should be able to win that game. I didn't pick them to win. Iowa I didn't pick them to win at Michigan. And so... And then, on top of that, you have the ghost of Tim Brewster still in town. And... It's a ridiculous comparison. It drives me crazy, but for some fans, it's just they can't get past it. And here's this guy who comes in who's saying a lot of things and, you know, talking big and, you know, just has a lot of energy and, and uh, just says a lot of big statements. And I said it from day one. I said it now. P.J. Fleck can coach, but can he win here at the level that they want to? Remains to be seen. I don't know. but But he's a really good recruiter. I like a lot of things he's doing. This season's been a disappointment, particularly at Purdue loss. If if you win that and a marital one, we're we're having a different conversation here because this is where I think a lot of people thought they would be. I said seven and five this year. Yep. I thought they'd win those two games. So those two, those two losses really notch it because particularly at Purdue when you can't
3: lose that game. So Chipper, how many? How much did this program uh, go sideways? Actually, with uh, with two things. One is the day. Kill left mm-hmm. and stepped down, and two is clearly the players that, that that were expelled who were pretty good. Yes. So when when you look at what because I I keep going back to and I said this at the time when Kill stepped down and then Clay's got the job. I said this is not good. This mm-hmm. is not productive, and and it was worse than I thought because Clay's couldn't recruit. But if we if we for one second just take Fleck out because he's a lightning rod type of guy, if we for one second just take him him out and say okay, Gopher football is where it is today because of how how much do those two events impact where this program sits right now?
2: Well, yeah, because you felt like Kill was building towards something. Now they had they they dipped in that you know the season after they go to the Citrus Bowl quarterback. I get that and and that's important. They're incredible lack of uh, uh, ability to recruit a quarterback or develop one mm-hmm. um, has really hurt this program in a big way. Um, so, and that's not PJ Flex's fault. It's, you know, that's what he inherited. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it you know, you had three coaches in whatever or six years or whatever it was. So it's um, that's just not a formula that's good for sustaining a, or building a program. And so, you, you know, you have to let a guy recruit to his system, get two or three recruiting classes in here before you say, Oh, this guy can't go. This, this is not going to work. Just, you know, right. let's You know, this idea of, and I see a lot now more is, you know, they, they need to cut ties right now before, you know, this gets too far. <laughs> Honest to God, he's been here 10 games, nine games. Let's slow down. And yes, it's been disappointing. Yes, there's some things that, you know, have driven me crazy. But, have a little patience. Yeah, oh, I mean, like, I, there's. I, I'm sure
1: there's a lot of the same people who, who, if not for the seven million dollar buyout that blocked, essentially blocked the Gophers from firing Richard Pitino, that wanted his yeah. head on a platter. That that called for it. And oh, if you just wait for that, there's a lot of groundwork being laid here. Just yeah. just wait for it to to bubble. It's. I'm. That's kind of where I'm at with PJ Fleck. That I feel like he's. I feel like he knows what he's doing. He does. He knows what he's doing. I'm sorry.
2: And, and, and some people just may not like his personality and just how boisterous and because that's sure. sort of the nature of it. If they win the Foster
1: Farms Bowl, then I, I yeah, think everything right. is yeah. forgiven. And
2: it's interesting. I uh, Kind of a, a plug here. I, I had a nice sit-down with Richard Pitino, uh last week, one-on-one for a while and, and uh, for a column that's running tomorrow. And it's interesting just how comfortable he is in his own skin right now. And he's in his fifth year, and he said, those first three years, you're being judged. You're Rick Pitino's son. You, they have this perception of you. We had, you know, just facilities were terrible. I didn't want to complain about it because no one wants to hear a 30-year-old complain. There's just a lot of stuff happening. And then they have last year, and it's like, hey, that guy can coach. It's like, well, yeah, it's just you got to. And recruit, too. And recruit. You just got to have a little That's patience. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I mean, like, it takes time. You know, with
1: the Gopher basketball team, and and there's a similar parallel with the Gopher football team, the basketball team has gone It'll be now 13 years since they've had a player drafted to the NBA. So when when you get to the when you take the job and and you're surveying the landscape of the Big Ten and Wisconsin constantly getting you know the, the, even the John Lures drafted or or signed to NBA teams right uh, the the Kaminsky's and the Sam Deckers and Michigan State has had like 10 NBA players over the past seven or eight years and you've had none since Chris Humphreys. I mean, it it takes a while to start building that equity up. Now, Amir Coffey might be a draft pick here at some point. Uh, They might have a couple guys on the roster. Go for football team. When's the last time they had a quarterback that you even thought had a chance to play in the NFL and hold a clipboard in the NFL? And I don't want to hear Mitch Leidner because he was in a training camp. Yeah, like, the, it's no. it's been Cor- Corey Sauter twenty five years ago. Yeah, it's been you got to go back twenty five yeah, like years, f- forty years for they've had a guy drafted, so, a quarterback drafted. So if you don't have an NBA player in in a major college basketball conference, and if you don't have a quarterback that could maybe conceivably hold a I, clipboard in the they, NFL,
2: this is the first time not to
3: get too far into basketball, but this first time they've had NBA scouts come to practice this year. Sure. And, and uh, where PJ has, and I don't know if he knows this or not yet, what PJ has g- going for him, though, is time. Go, yeah. go for basketball. I can go back to when go for basketball was good, and to see them that bad as they were three years ago is really frustrating and tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Go for football. You can hit that reset button a lot. So, PJ, if PJ is concerned at all, this, these critics are a cult of critics. They're very. It's very small. For the most part, the program will disappear and then pop up if they get decent again.
2: Well, the, the thing he has going to for time awful. is he has uh, a resume of have done the same thing. They, they won one game this year. Mm-hmm the first year at Western, and then he won, was it six or eight, whatever it was. And came then, up, and then yes. They, and I'm sure he points to that to when he had his, you know, conversations with Mark Cole, his boss, the AD, that, hey, this is exactly the way it went through. You know, it's just hard when you're coming off a nine-win season, people just look at it and just assume everything's static. Well, it's not static. I mean, things change. Players have gone and, you know, everything, the roster changes. And, um, You know, if they didn't have those guys expelled, you're talking about you're losing two starting corners and then you lose Winfield, you know, three fourths of your starting secondary. And it's not to make excuses, it's just facts. And so this is what they're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Chip Scoggins hanging out with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Coming up shortly, uh, Greg Gagne will call the show again. He called yesterday at the end, a longtime friend of Ric Flair, a star in the AWA back in the 1980s. And Greg is going to call back in. Uh, in the next couple segments here to talk and tell rick flair stories but chip hanging out with us until the top of the hour it's Mackie and judd Mackie and
0: judd show rolls on and now for the main event on 1500 espn now on the 1500 espn stream player a 25 dollar fandango gift card thanks to luther brookdale toyota shop where Mackie shops and head to 1500ASPN.com. Click on that stream player and find out how you can
1: win. Shop at most of the places Mackie Shops. Some of them, not safe for not safe whoa, for. Whoa, 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 where? Yeah. No. Where's that? Why don't you oh, tell you us? Know, like those dirty costume stores and things uh, late at night. You don't want to go to those places. Okay, it. It <laughs> well, I'll avoid them. Uh, Chip's hanging out with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Hey, we got on some uh, Gopher basketball there. They open up officially open up the season uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, Friday. And uh, they're going to go through the non conference, and they're ranked 15th in the country preseason poll. And I think most people are expecting them to compete for that top spot in the Big Ten. Wisconsin might be down, although Wisconsin uh, always. It's Michigan State. Right. Michigan but I'm, State's, but like, yeah. I said compete. I don't, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they're going to be in that top three mix. Could be. I'm with you. I'm not going to pick them to win the conference. No. Uh, the one thing to watch out for for everyone who's down on Wisconsin, it's been. I mean, I think th- I think they finished top four in the conference last year. I-, I can't. It's been like twenty years since they didn't finish in the top four yeah. or five in the conference, which the Gophers rarely do. So just it's that's a system yeah. that always overachieves, even when you think they're not going to. Yeah. What do you think? Of, what are the prospects for the Gophers?
2: I think I think they're gonna be really good. Um, and and they set the bar last year. They went twenty four and ten. Um, they finished fourth in the league, I think. Uh, but they got the fifth seed, and and so now, it's funny. You go from being, you know, it's a pretty young team to. Man, they got a lot of veterans on there now.
3: Yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah, Nate
2: Mason, Troy Murphy, Lynch, uh, Dupree.
1: Troy Murphy would be a real. Or er, Troy Murphy,
2: yeah, uh, uh, Murph. His is Jordan Murphy. Jordan, yeah. Jordan Murphy, uh, Troy Murphy, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jordan Murphy, uh, uh, Dupree, uh, Coffee. I think gonna. I think you'll see him take a big step from that first year to a second year. Kind of having gone through it, he's probably stronger. Just feels more comfortable, hey, I'm going to take over a game Should right now. be here. more
1: confident, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take, take over on. a game here. When you have a veteran point guard who's quality, not just like a guy who's a senior, but a legit, really good, and also senior point guard, yeah. and you have a rim protector like a, like a Reggie Lynch and a bunch of slashers who can shoot, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good formula for success in college basketball. And remember
2: last year, or the previous year, they were just horrible defensively. And then last year, because of their length, adding coffee— and and curry unfortunately he's not going to be there but um you you had you know a lot more size the per, uh three-point defense shot up i think they were like top 10 at one point um they may have finished there so defensively they could be a lot better than having lynch blocking shots so i think they can win different ways they can go small if you put washington in there and have him with mason you can go with a bigger lineup with fitzgerald in there and maybe have coffee play the two so in talking to patino last week i think he he's Talking about sort of tinkering with different kind of rotations and lineups because you know if, if you're playing Michigan State you might need to be big if you're playing someone else you might need to go small and so this is the first last year it was the first time with Patino I felt like they had legitimate Big Ten talent and now you add Washington um, to that mix and we'll see how he blends in and Harris is a good shooter the the other freshman. I would have loved to see what this team could have done with Curry because he was a guy that last year as a freshman showed no fear. I mean, think about the big shots he would take or the big plays he would make in crunch time, like get a deflection or a tip or hit a baseline jumper. Mm-hmm. He was pretty valuable for a guy that, you know, wasn't their best player. I mean, they should be able to overcome that. I'm not saying it's you know, going to derail their season, but I, I don't. They're not as good as they
3: would have been with him. This. What should the uh, the expectations for Washington be? Do you think? Because he's gonna because of the Instagram followers yeah, and yeah. all that. Yeah. There's going to be an expectation that's probably inflated. Yeah. Well, there I, is already. Well, actually.
2: it's funny I've talked to Patino about that a couple times because that's something he's gonna have to manage because this guy comes in with such a reputation of his jelly fam or whatever it is and in the Instagram and that. People are jelly roll. People jelly are, <laughs> are going to assume that he's going to be a star. Yes. And hey, by the way, you got an all Big Ten point guard already here who's a senior.
1: A uh, how movies. does he have four hundred thousand Instagram followers? <laughs> does he? Honest to God, like how I did he know. build that? I don't know. Um, that's amazing. Well, I know. And, and so, by the way, he, like he can't make money off fan. that. Yeah. They, he can't, yeah, if, yeah. No. If, if he were to sell T-shirts off that platform, it would be a, would be a violation. Of yes. Assume. Isn't that amazing? Everything's a violation. So
2: that's something he's got to manage. Um, I think it'll probably work itself out because I do think Nate Mason's a really good leader. I think, uh, Murphy Lynch, those guys, this is their team. It's not Isaiah Washington's team. Mm -hmm. And so I think they will kind of incorporate him into that. And, you know, if it's, if he starts,
3: getting a little wild and
2: doing things I think he'll just pull him out it's weird though because
3: the players know he's famous and so you've got players who are 20 saying well I mean that is pretty impressive yeah he's a normal guy it's like well yeah he's a normal he should be a normal guy
2: well just watching him in you know we we saw him in a practice and in the scrimmage he is talented (laughs) I mean he is really talented and so it'll be fun to see if they play him and Mason together some um I mean that'd be a kind of an interesting combination, but I'm just you know I I think this team are they a Final Four team? I'm not going to sit here and say that now, but I think you know this the expectation should be more than oh this is great we got into the tournament again let's see no you you need to get to the second weekend
1: yeah and there's some like get a good seed so that you can win your first game without having to face a really good twelve you know get 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 like a two seed or something or a three three, seed. Uh, win your first round game and then have a tough matchup, but get to the Sweet Sixteen. Get mm-hmm. to Sweet Sixteen this year, unless there's injuries. It was
2: interesting. Patino was talking about they had the director of officiating in uh, recently, and like all the older players, Mason and Murphy, and they were asking him questions about they knew tendencies of teams, other Big Ten teams, and so that experience I think is just invaluable. That you know the league, you've been in all these right. these arenas, you know what
1: teams are going to do. So yeah. There, there's no reason this team should not be good. Chip Skog and Star StarTribune always yeah, love nice our Thursday you. sessions. Hey, before we get to in about 15 minutes, some more Rick Flair uh, Rick Flair stories with Greg Anu. Could the Twins be in on the Japanese Babe Ruth, Judd Zolgad? The Japanese Babe Ruth, you say? Babe Ruth, <laughs> really?